Happy Tuesday to my We Got This Girl podcast family. I am Patrice, your gracious host, and this is episode eight, Mary or Martha. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> y'all, it's hot. It's hot, y'all. Like, I don't know who else is ready for fall or winter, but I definitely am. I think, like, I'm a polar bear who's been placed in, like, a sauna and I'm struggling because I, I, I don't like summer. I, I'll say this. I love the aesthetics of summer. I love the idea of going to the pool and being in water and the plants and the trees being in full bloom. I love that. It's just the heat. Oh, this southern muggy heat is just not working for my twist outs and my and my fro these days so i'm ready for the fall y'all i don't know about (laughs) y'all but let me know your favorite season of the year you can email me at we got ministry at gmail.com that's w-e-g-o-t-m-i-n-i-s-t-r-y at gmail.com so yeah let's chit chat it up tell me your favorite season maybe you love summer and i respect it so I'm so grateful that you guys are tuning back in um, for another episode. Like, I promise, I'm just so blessed um, because this was just a dream. Like, this this was just a maybe, and God turned it into just, like, this whole thing, this whole thing every Tuesday for 13 episodes. And I, I'm just, I'm so blessed, and I'm so grateful, and, I, and I've been blessed by these messages too I go back and listen to my own messages and follow through the scriptures because I realize that it's not me it's really not me I'm just the voice this is the Holy Spirit every single week is the Holy Spirit and I make no no like doubts about that like this is the Holy Spirit and just as you are being blessed I too am being blessed as well I'm not perfect I have not mastered these things. I really feel like no one ever masters anything. You just have the grace. You have God's grace to not struggle as hard as you used to. You know what I mean? Um, But we all have the potential to go back and, and go backwards. And I think all we're doing together, ladies, is just trying to get to a point where we can have a love, like realizing that we have everything that we need. Second Peter 2, we have everything that we need to live a godly life and to be righteous and to be women of integrity and to be a virtuous woman we have every like god has given us his word he's given us his son and we have everything we need so i don't know i get so passionate about that because for so long i didn't think i had what i needed that god maybe didn't think that i was gonna do anything with it so he just didn't give me what i needed he left some bags out but no God's grace is sufficient no matter what your past is no matter what you're doing now in the present no matter what you're doing right now God has given you everything you need through the power and the authority of Jesus Christ he has given you everything that you need to be righteous and he will help us in the process and isn't that a good good father So today we're going to be talking about serving 
and intimacy and how they kind of relate to each other and how when we don't put intimacy above serving, how we can get into some trouble. I think the thing that God wants us to get into and what he's been teaching me, because this is something that I deal with now, like right now, like right now, I deal with striving versus intimacy, putting stuff of working and serving in front of intimacy and time with God. And Jesus really values the intimacy more than anything. It's important to serve when God talks about the harvest and he talks about that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We have to serve the kingdom. That's our job. Um, My favorite podcaster, Lauren Lushak, she talks about how it's almost like we have these t-shirts that say staff when we are disciples and when we're Christians and believers of Jesus Christ. We have these t-shirts that say staff on them. And we are all the time working for Jesus Christ in the kingdom because we want to see God's glory and we want, and his business is our business. So that's totally true. I'm not denouncing any of that by any means necessary. The harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. There's not enough people who want to work. I, myself, being one of them, who are who is not always thinking about the harvest, okay? On the flip side of that, you have people, you have women, because ladies, let's be honest, we're task-oriented, girl. We are task-oriented. We are goal and success-driven. And we want to see, you know, so many people being baptized. And we want to, you know, we want to study the Bible with this amount of people. And we want to share our faith with this many people. And we want to sing in the choir. And we're in choir rehearsal on Tuesday night. We're on the usher board. You know, we um with the children church. we leading the Bible study. And we're not spending no time with God. And we're not being intimate in our prayers. And we're not, yeah dot 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 and I'm guilty of it I'm not judging because I'm guilty of it I can get so wrapped up into my value and how it relates to the kingdom well Lord I want to be valuable to you you know because I have a fear of the Lord where it's like if you're not valuable (laughs) and he like at the end he like well what did you do you know and I know that our salvation is not based on works right There's nothing that we can do to win salvation. Like, hey, it takes belief and it takes to fulfill our righteousness. And Jesus says that, you know, in Matthew 5 about baptism. And so we kind of know, we know what it takes to be saved. Okay. And it's everything of what Jesus did and nothing that we can do. But I can get into this this fear that God is going to get up there and he's going to be like, uh, Patrice, um, you didn't do nothing I asked you to do. You didn't do anything and you just didn't work hard enough. And that's my fear. And that may be your fear too. Or you might be one of those people who are like Lazarus in John 12. It talks about, we're going to go through John 12, um, verses 1 through 7. It talks about how Lazarus was just reclining at the table with Jesus. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background. Jesus um, is is in the town of Bethany. Um, This is where Lazarus lives. And Lazarus, you probably, that name, if you don't know Lazarus, then that name probably sounds familiar. But Lazarus was the man with leprosy. Honey, he had died. um, And he was dead, dead. He was like decayed. Okay, like 
he had been dead for some days and Jesus came and he raised him from the dead with the power of God. And so um, Martha and Mary and Lazarus and um, and all the disciples come with Jesus um, and Mary, Martha and Lazarus are putting on this dinner in Jesus's honor. And so they, the scripture and, and I, and God is teaching me that if it's in the scripture, it's important. Every single word, every single context is important. And he, the Holy Spirit shows us the importance of this context because the Bible is relevant right now and it's our standard of living. And so in the scriptures, it talks about what everyone was doing. Okay. So Jesus is sitting at the, at the table. And that has so many different scriptural references about Jesus and this table, right? And we'll have to go through that later because it would be like an hour long podcast and we already be working on 35 to 40 minutes. But um, so it talks about Jesus sitting at the table. It also talks about Lazarus, but it talks about Lazarus in a way that I was like, wow, it talks about how Lazarus was reclining at the table, not sitting at the table. He was reclining at the table. And anytime you're reclining, you're in a comfortable state. Think of a recliner, right? And so when we recline back, we chilling. So it talks about Lazarus. So maybe you're like Lazarus. Maybe, you know, God has done this miraculous thing in your life and you're just chilling. You're not serving and you're not being intimate, but you're, you're aware of the presence of the Lord. But we just chilling. We're not really taking any you know, we're just kind of lukewarm. We just kind of lukewarm. Okay. And that's, that's a little dangerous. And I am guilty of being a lukewarm person. Um, and I have to fight through that because I can become comfortable, especially after, after Jesus has done something miraculous in my life. Um, I can become real comfortable like, okay, God, well, we can chill now. No, no, that's not what I'm here for. Right. So as women, we can become comfortable because we're tired and we would have put all of our faith and we on our knees praying all these weeks for God to work in our lives. And then he works and we're like, oh, OK, self-care time. Let's rest. <laughs> and we forget to spend time with Jesus and to be in his presence or we're like Martha. And baby, we just out here serving. Martha had prepared this dinner and she going back. She prepared this Thanksgiving meal for Jesus. I'm adding my own little two cents to it. And she is like, hey, I'm preparing this for Jesus. I don't know what y'all doing. Mary, you can put perfume on Jesus or whatever you want to do. But I'm finna feed him because I'm serving. And that's important. But was it? Was it most important in this moment? Or was the most important... Or before I get to Mary, let's go to Judas. Judas is just hypercritical. He ain't doing nothing but being hypercritical. He's being critical of everything. He's like, look, I don't know what Mary doing, but whatever she doing, she could spend that money on that oil that she putting on you and feed the poor. So he just being critical. Ladies, maybe we're like Judas. Maybe we're just critical of other people's relationship with God. Maybe we're critical of people around us and we see women who are either Martha or Mary or even Lazarus and we're just critical. We ain't doing nothing but judging the kingdom and judging people in it. Mm -mm. Or maybe we're like Mary or maybe we aspire to be like Mary with a heart to sacrifice whatever we need to to spend time with our Lord and Savior, the love of our lives 
our true vine, the I am. So let's talk about it. So turn to John. Actually, we're going to read Mark. Um, hold on one second. We're going to read Mark 12, verses 30 first. And I'm reading from the NIV. Um, I always like to start off in the NIV. I will read other translations. I love the easy to read version because I like it to be broken down to the simplest of forms, especially the Bible. Um, but I also like the TPT, the, the Passion Translation. That's a really good one. The message is good. But if you really want to, because I understand like the King James Version, I can't understand the King. I could, but the King James Version distracts me. So I have to go to the NIV. So I really suggest that you start off maybe with the NIV, maybe even the NLT, and then work your way from there for, with translations. Um, because it's just something about the NIV. So we're going to read Mark 12, verse 30. Mark 12, verse 30. And it reads, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The Passion Translation says, Mark 12, verse 30, You are to love the Lord Yahweh your God with every passion of your heart, that's deep, with all the energy of your being and with every thought that is within you and with all your strength, this is the great and supreme commandment. I'm gonna read that last sentence. This is the great and supreme commandment. So are we loving God with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our strength? Are we taking advantage of the opportunity that we have here on earth to be in the presence of the Lord? Jesus, God had to perform like great works through Jesus so that this could be possible. And I know I'm guilty of taking that for granted. Jesus just didn't come down here and was like, okay, yeah, um, yeah, I'm just doing this so that you can, you know, chill a little bit. Um, after I leave and, you know, I can work some miracles in your life, but I don't require anything of you. No, Jesus requires our intimacy. To be in a relationship with him is just that, to be intimate with him, not just serving. It means to serve, but in our intimacy is a form of service. But it's not just the physical act of serving, of being in the on the usher board, being in the choir. And it, oh, those things are wonderful to serve the kingdom. It's not being critical of the kingdom. Well, the church ought to do this and this got to be and da, 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 da. And it's also not doing anything at all like Lazarus is having the heart of Mary. So let's turn to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. John is becoming one of my favorite books of the Bible. Um, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I have to figure out why, but I just really like it. Um, so we're going to read the NIV first. We're going to go through the NIV and we're going to read the TPT. Um, just because the two versions are just really good to look at what both of them say. 
Um, but we're going to read the NIV first. So this is John chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. And I want you to pay attention to, or we're going to pay attention together, um, the, the people that we talked about. So Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Judas. And we're going to pay attention to some of those key words like reclining at the table, um, Yeah, reclining at the table with him, um, Martha served, all those different things. Just pay attention to those words. We'll do it together. So John chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. Six days before the Passover. So just a little tidbit. Um, the Passover is, um, well, okay. As far as context of when this is about to happen. So Jesus is about to be crucified pretty soon. Okay. Um, as far as like weeks and stuff. I don't know. Okay, I'm not a pastor. I don't really know stuff like that. But um, Jesus is about to go in and fulfill prophecy of Isaiah. Like when he would come in on the donkey and they would. So yeah, that's Passover. So if you're familiar with that, that's what's about to happen. So it's six days. It's almost a week before that happens. Um, so it's six days before the Passover. Jesus came to Bethany, that's the city, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus's honor. So let's pay attention to that. A dinner was given in Jesus's honor. So it's not like they saying, well, you know, we're just going to get together and eat Jesus. You want to come over for a meal? No, 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 no. This is an honor. This is like a birthday dinner, but so much greater. Okay, because it's not somebody's birthday. Jesus has raised Lazarus from the, like Lazarus. Lazarus was dead, dead. Like he wasn't like he was dead. They had already wrapped his body to be buried. And Jesus came and he raised him from the dead instantly. He told him to get up and Lazarus got up. So this is not like, oh, um, hey, you know, Lazarus called Jesus on the phone and was like, um, Jesus, yeah, Martha cooking some um, some fried fish. You want to come over? Uh, no, this was like, we're going to honor you. So to put that in perspective, think about the attitudes of some of the people here. And this is supposed to be an honorable dinner. So going back to verse two, chapter 12. Mark, yeah, John 12, verse 2. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, okay, while Lazarus, so the only thing it says about Martha is that Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, she poured it on Jesus's feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas, who was to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold in the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. 
Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. That's deep. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. I think what Jesus is saying in that moment is like, hey, uh, the choirs are going to be singing. They've been singing before I got here. They singing after I leave. You know, there's always going to be an opportunity to serve. But Jesus lets them know in that moment, like, hey, the poor will always be among you. We can always eat, but you will not always have me. And that hit deeply with me because I think, not I think, I know I take the presence of the Lord for granted. Jesus is such, oh, I mean, you can't even put it into words. It's Jesus. And sometimes we don't sit down and say, Jesus how great you are how beautiful is your name how worthy you are of praise to be still and sit with God and just tell him how much you love him or just not say anything I did this for the first time the other day because like I said Jesus is really God has really been speaking to my heart on this like I'm not still enough I'm too busy being Martha. I'm too busy being Lazarus. And sometimes I can be Judas. Just real critical of everything that everybody else is doing. And not putting forth my own, not working on my own relationship with Jesus. And so Jesus has really been putting this on my heart. So the Holy Spirit had me to meditate the other day. Like actually don't say anything. Just be quiet. And it was very interesting how he did this. And um, I know that um, I had gone to this Bible study on campus that uh, that Thursday. So this was like sometime earlier, like either last week or earlier this week. And um, so the one of the ladies that um, helps with the Bible study, she did this like diagram for me because I was telling her how tired I was and I just felt like I was putting so much effort into working for the kingdom and not putting that intimacy in with Jesus and so the Holy Spirit was like yeah that's right and so she gave me this diagram and I wish I could like show it to you guys and I might just put it on my Instagram page um and say hey if you listen to this podcast this is the diagram that I'm talking about but think of a target okay like a target that you would shoot with the bull's eye or whatever or with the arrow or something if you think about a target there's or you know what think about a um a solar system and how it goes in rings right so there's rings i think people can kind of understand that too because i know i was like when she explained to me i was like huh so she had to write it out so i was slow catching on but think about a target and so there's the first layer of the target that first big circle okay and you can even draw it out as I'm saying this. There's that big circle. That's our body. That's our flesh. Okay. That's our body and our flesh. That's what the world can see. 
Then you draw a smaller circle, a little bit smaller, but still pretty, you know, pretty large that fits inside that big circle. That's our soul. That's our soul. That's our, and our soul is our, our, our thoughts, our will, our emotions, our memories, our psyche, as psychologists would say. That's what we think, what we believe. That's what some people believe our heart is. Okay, the heart, when they refer to the heart, they're actually referring to the soul. Okay, and then you draw a circle within that circle. So then the first circle, the first big circle is your body. Then that next circle within that bigger circle is your soul. And then that next circle is the smallest and it's your spirit. So then she said, okay, Patrice, this is your spirit. And then she drew a dot, like a real dark dot inside my spirit circle. And she said, this is the Holy Spirit. She said, what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to shade. He wants to fill up all of it. He wants, your, he wants to fill up your spirit, your soul, and your body, all the circles with his presence. But we get so busy into our own selves, into our own lives, into what we want to do. And I'm guilty. Me, <laughs> what Patrice wants to do, what Patrice wants to do, what Patrice wants to do, and I think this is what God wants me to do but I haven't really asked him for real for real so this is this is what Patrice wants to do and so the Holy Spirit ends up staying just in that little circle and we take for granted the presence of the Lord because we don't allow the Holy Spirit to dwell not only within us but throughout us and have dominion over our soul and over our body over our flesh over our will and over our emotions and so I feel like that's the representation of Lazarus in this Lazarus is just chilling he's reclining at the table and it refers to with others so I would suggest that the scripture doesn't say but I would suggest that other disciples if Judas is there other disciples are there and they're just chilling too at the table we know John is there because he's recalling all of it so they just chilling they've become accustomed to Jesus being there there's no specialty about his name no, no worship no praise you got Martha, who's there. Is it all it says, John said Martha served. That's all he had to say. Now, this is an honor dinner for Jesus. And all John said about Martha was that she served. I don't know. I don't take that as just a positive thing necessarily. This is Jesus we're talking about. He's just raised Lazarus from the dead. And all Martha can do is focus on the the food being brought to Jesus. But Mary, um, I was reading in the application Bible, my application Bible, that the oil was purchased from India and it was a year's worth of salary. So think of somebody, you, however much you make or Somebody is all relative, salary is all relative, but I'm just going to take just a basic number. I'm just going to take $50,000. Let's just say that you make $50,000 or someone that you know makes $50,000 a year. They go and they buy a perfume, let's just say um, YSL perfume of $50,000. And Jesus comes and he sits down and they take that $50,000 of perfume and they pour it over Jesus's feet 
and they praise him and they she massages his feet and then she takes her hair now i have a fro so i take my fro and i wipe jesus's feet the fragrance is so strong that it fills the entire house with the smell and to me that just represents the presence of the lord is here wow Do we have the heart of Mary to sit in the presence of the Lord? And so that's what the Holy Spirit had me doing. He's having me practice how to sit in the presence of the Lord. Yes, prayer is important. Prayer is so important. God wants to hear from us. There's so many scriptures about how God wants to hear from us. But it's also important to block everything else out. So what the Holy Spirit did was, and I heard him in my spirit, and it may sound crazy, but it is what it is. I heard him in my spirit and he was like, what do you hear? And I live downtown, so I hear cars, I hear sirens. I'm like, I hear cars, I hear sirens, okay? So then a little time passed. He said, what do you feel? What are you thinking? I'm like, I'm thinking of everything that I have to do. I'm thinking of assignments, I'm thinking of this. And he says, okay, drown that out. And I'm telling this is what the Holy Spirit is telling me. I lie to you not. I know it wasn't me. And so then he says, what do you think I'm thinking? And the first thing that came to me was Jesus. And I literally just sat there with my eyes closed. And all I could think about was Jesus. And there was this peace that came over me. And I can be such an anxious person, but there was just this peace that came over me. And I just started saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's what God wants us to have. It's the heart of Mary, ladies. He wants us to have that heart of Mary where we take advantage of the time that we have with Jesus. Yes, we have salvation. If we have salvation, if you've made that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life and you fulfilled all righteousness according to what Jesus has said in this baptism, if we've done that, okay, yeah, we're cool. We can recline like Lazarus. No, no. That's what a lot of us do. That's what I do. That's what I'm capable of. That's what if I'm not careful and I really don't press through my body and my soul and allow the Holy Spirit to help me to do those things, I can be Lazarus and be reclining at the table. Jesus is here with me. He can't, he's not going to, he's not going to say, well, oh, Patrice, um, you know, you messed up this day, so I'm going to take my salvation back. No, he doesn't do that, right? But we can get comfortable with him. And he can become regular to us. So who are you? Are you Mary? Are you Lazarus? Are you Martha? Are you so busy doing everything for the church, everything for other people, and not taking the time to spend the majority of your time with Jesus, and when I say majority of your time, of course, we go to work, we're in school, we do this, we do that, but even your schedule, how your schedule's arranged, there was a time where there was no way possible that I could be spending more time with Jesus than other people, because I had filled up my schedule 
with stuff. I gotta go do this for this person. I gotta go take this person this way. I gotta go do this. I gotta go do this practice. I gotta go this. I gotta go meet with this person. I gotta have a Bible study with this person. Instead of saying, well, you know what? I actually need to retreat. I actually need to have some time with the Lord. Do we do that? Who are you? We have to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our body, all of our strength. This is the greatest and most supreme commandment. And then it comes back again in another part and says, and love your neighbor as yourself. But we first have to love God with everything. <laughs> I told y'all it was going to be something. I'm, I'm sitting up here just like, oh my gosh. <sighs> this is a lot. Because <laughs> it, it hits you hard. It's like, mm, dog. I'm not doing as well as I thought I was, right? That's some of the things that come across your mind. Like, Wow. We can always grow deeper. We can always go deeper in Jesus. Um, and that's the thing we have to remember. So even if you are a Mary, what can you do to go deeper? Something that God has been putting on my heart. What have you sacrificed for me since you got in the water? So for me, I'm abstinent. Okay. I choose not to partake in sexual activity or anything of that nature because of obedience to God. And that's his will. Okay. But besides that, I haven't given up much for God since that. And that's what he's telling me, like, Patrice, you can go deeper. How can you go deeper? And I think I talked about this in Discipline and Denial. God wants me to change my eating habits. He's like, that's the that's next on your list. So change it. Sacrifice it for me. And it's hard. And I'm not doing it. I'm being honest and real because this is the type of platform that I want to have for us. I'm not doing it because I'm I'm being Lazarus and I'm like, well, you know, I'm kind of being Lazarus and Martha. I serve. I sing on Sunday. I'm there at nine every Sunday. I'm getting with people. I'm having a disciple partner. You know, I'm having a quiet time. I'm having quiet times, you know. But am I sacrificing? Am I serving God with intimacy? So, I promise. That's the end. <laughs> that's the end. Let's pray. Let's pray. I know. I know. It's it's going to be 40 minutes. I'm sorry. It ain't no way we're going to get around it. <laughs> um, But let's pray. God, we just want to thank you for being who you are, Lord. Hmm. You're everything to us, God. You're the love of our lives, Jesus. You're our Prince of Peace. You're our King. You're our Savior. You're the Messiah. You're the love of our lives. And God, we love you so much, Jesus. We would be lost and dead. And I think about where would I be if Jesus, if you had not come and saved me from myself? But God, I just ask that you speak to our hearts. Lord, show us how to go deeper in you. How to be a Mary. How to be intimate with you. 
and how to be consistent in intimacy, God. Help me to be consistent in intimacy, God. Help the women, my friends, Lord God, of this podcast, this family, to be intimate with you, God. That we can leave everything behind and come exposed and just sit with you. Help us, Father. We want to be righteous. We want to love. We want to serve God. But help that not to become the most important thing. Help our relationship. Help us to realize, God, that our relationship with you is most important. And that it will always be most important, God. Before anything or anybody else, you come first, Jesus. A relationship with you comes first, Intimacy with you comes first. I thank you, Lord God, for giving us this podcast to be able to grow up in you, God. You want to mature us. I pray that you do it however you see fit. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for being our counselor, guiding us through, making sure that we walk on level ground teaching us the will of God. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I will see all of you, not see, (laughs) I will be with all of you next Tuesday. And I'm so excited. Thank you so much for tuning in to Martha or Mary, question mark, look at my emoji. And this is episode eight. Bye.